Realtor.com is making a stand for buyer representation, and you can too. Join Realtor.com in sharing the list of 111 things buyer's agents do. Visit Realtor.com slash buyer agent toolkit to help spread the word. Buyer agents are essential. I call it the five D's that you're, you're looking for. It is diamonds, diapers, divorces, degrees, and then downsizing. If you can find any of those five things, then you can find all the business that you want. Welcome to the Real Trending Podcast, where your host, Tracy Belt, Editorial Director of Real Trends, interviews the brightest minds in real estate. Each week, brokerage leaders, top agents, team leaders, and industry experts join Tracy to share trends, their secrets to success, and the lessons they learn navigating this ever-changing industry. Welcome to the Real Trending Podcast, where we speak to the brightest minds in real estate about leadership, business growth, trends, and strategy. I'm your host, Tracy Velt, Senior Director of Data and Content for HW Media, which includes Real Trends and Housing Wire. And today, I'd like to welcome one of our 2023 Real Trends Game Changers, Matt Brown, CEO of Keller Williams Elite Realty in Kentucky. His firm um, grew 334% over the past five years by transaction side percentage based on Realtrends 500 data. So we'll dig into his business model, how he grew the brokerage, and what the future holds for his firm. So welcome, Matt. Yeah, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, and congratulations on your growth. And I really want to talk about the past five years a little bit because, um, you know, I mean, growth comes in many different ways. A lot of times it's a combination of multiple ways from organic growth recruiting to M&A walkovers and all of that. So talk to me about what percentage was mergers and acquisitions and then what was organic. Yeah, uh, majority of our growth was organic. We actually uh, only had one merger that happened when we had launched um, a office in, in a, a different territory. Uh, and actually, it wasn't so much. It didn't start as a merger as much as it started as uh, recruiting. And then I ended up with so many of the agents that they actually, the owners called me and said, hey, we, we want to come too. It sounds like y'all got a great product. So that was the only actual merger that we did. Everything was organic uh, other than that. Okay, so tell me a little bit about your your Keller Williams and the areas that you cover. Um, do you have any expansion teams? Um, tell me a little bit about what's going on in your brokerage. Yeah, so uh, we have multiple different locations. Our, our home base, if you will, of Keller Williams Elite is in Owensboro, Kentucky. We also have an office in Madisonville, Kentucky. Uh, and we have an office in Elizabethtown, Kentucky. And we had offices in Shepherdsville and Litchfield, Kentucky as well. So we kind of branched out um, starting in Owensboro and then kind of went the, you know, all as far as we can go without with still being able to to lead and, and train and develop that. So basically, we try to stay within an hour and a half radius of, of where we are. And, and that's part of our, our territory as well. Okay, great. So I want to get into more specifics about your growth, um, especially since a lot of it was organic. Um, what did you do anything special in the past five years or is it just sticking with a regular plan? Um, talk to me about some of your business practices, your culture and kind of the uh, agent attraction um, that you do. Yeah, so we do a couple of different things. One, we really believe in being learning based and technology enhanced. Um, it's actually that's that's the saying that, that we use around here. And um, what that means is we constantly want to be on the cutting edge of 
what's going on in the market, um, how 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 are agents able to win in other markets, and then how can we bring that to our market to help our agents to succeed? So we do that a variety of different ways from multiple training classes a week. We usually hold, uh, for example, right now we're doing a Monday leadership uh, mastermind every single Monday. Uh, every Wednesday is a social media and influencer mastermind. And then every Thursday is a operations and customer service mastermind. Uh, on top of those, we have individual trainings like videography classes, uh, whatever's going on that we're seeing in the market that is allowing agents to win at a really high level. We basically go and recreate that. And I'll, I'll be honest with you. I tell people this all the time. I haven't had an original idea since 1982. I was born in 1980, <laughs> just FYI. So, so for me, it's about, you know, I got to put myself in rooms and my leadership team puts ourselves in rooms to learn from the best in the business. And then we just bring that back and pour in to our agents at, at the highest level. Um, we actually do our best from recruiting growth standpoint in terms of agent count is new agents getting into the business. We do now we do attract some existing agents without a doubt, but our real growth came from our pipelines of, uh, you know, bringing agents in and then training them up and teaching them the business uh, to the point to where our average agents uh, about five years ago, were doing three transactions uh, per agent. And now we're all the way up to about 11. Uh, we do have, it does help to have the biggest team in the MLS and the second biggest team in, in the MLS in your brokerage. And uh, the first one, which is the uh, Harris Starbo Group and Vision Platform, they do have an expansion team and are in five different locations. Uh, those units actually don't count towards our numbers with the way that we report them. Okay. And um, do you have, well, first of all, I want to talk about these masterminds. So um, are those remote? Are they in person? And what kind of, um, you know, attendance rate do you generally get? Yeah. So we do, we do them all through Zoom. You do have an in-person. So every office has a office manager that will facilitate a in-person, but they're all done through Zoom. So you can watch in your car, you can come in person, things like that. Uh, we get anywhere the uh, most of them get around 30 to 40% attendance. Uh, and we're right at just under 100 agents right now. So uh, we typically have a, a pretty good room. Now, I'll be honest, some do better than others. Sometimes we might have five or 10. Uh, but even if we have one, the show goes on and it gets recorded and then posted out so that everybody can see it. Okay. And where where are your biggest challenges? Like we're in, and we'll go into challenges and opportunities because I think a lot of times challenges are opportunities. Um, what are you, what are you seeing as your, your biggest challenges and where do you see the opportunity in that in the coming year? Yeah. So um, from a brokerage level, I mean, be honest, we're still struggling with the getting people in office post pandemic, um, if you will. So that's that's probably the biggest challenge. And that's why we've adopted things like what me and you are doing now with the, the digital media, the Zooms that, you know, all the other uh, different platforms that we can. We use social media pages, private pages. We use Slack as our main communication, obviously email and text as well. Uh, from a market standpoint, I mean, you know, it's interest rates, obviously, but we're actually starting to see less and less objections around interest rates. I think people are starting to understand that, hey, you're not getting 3% anymore. Uh, and now it's more of shifting to an inventory issue. So, you know, you have a bunch of people. I'm actually, I'll raise my hand, even though I'm a real estate agent, I'll raise my hand and say, I'm one who lives in the neighborhood I want to live in. Uh, I have a 2.75% interest rate. I'm never moving. 
there's nothing you could ever present me that would ever get me to move. So that's going to be the challenge is how do you go out and, and, and find listings? Because we know listings drives the business. Um, and then what does that do for supply and demand? And, and I think it's the good side of it is I think it'll keep our industry from having any type of major slide because, you know, the, with the supply being so low, the man's going to stay high on the buy side. Um, what we're talking to our agents about is you got to double and triple down your activities. If you used to be able to sell 25 transactions doing lead generation an hour a day, well, to do those same 25 transactions, you now need to lead generate three hours a day because it's all about finding the motivate. We know houses are going to sell no matter what. It's just how do you get in front of the people who need to make a move? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that that is a an issue nationwide right now is just and and I feel like there's a lot of frustration. Agents have a lot of frustration around that because there isn't a lot they can do from a, like forcing someone to sell their home. There is a lot they can do for prospecting um, and and really kind of making those opportunities for themselves. I guess with with teams, what are you seeing as far as like um you know the communication that you have with you with the teams that are that are in your network and how are you um are they considered partners with you or like you, I, I see teams and kind of these team ridges as being a huge um I don't want to say trend, but I've been seeing a lot where there's all kinds of platforms around them now. And Keller has been kind of one of the leaders in that with their expansion teams and and all of that. Um, How is it that you help your teams be successful? So the biggest thing that we do is um, we go and teach our people to fish. Uh, that's the the line that I use all the time. You know, um, a lot of brokerages I know provide leads. Um, we actually don't provide any leads. We've, we've looked into it in the past and just never found the need. Instead, we want our agents to go out and, and create their own leads so that they can keep the larger percentage of their GCI. Uh, so that's it. It's we're, we're finding out, you know, what's working in the market. How are we lead genning right now? Um, who's, and we, we do masterminds around it. And, um, uh, we talk to other brokerages, uh, when I'm talking to other agents out in the market, I'm asking them what's working. When, when I find something that's working, we come back and make a one pager for it and say, here's, here's what this agent's doing. If you want to get into videography, here's how you do it. If you want to get into open houses, here's how you do it. And we just try to keep things really simple because I think that, you know, a lot of times people get too creative and don't stick to the business plan or stick to whatever, you know, gives them energy. Because for us, it's like there's a hundred different ways to lead generate. For me in particular, like I'm never going to be a cold caller. Like I just, if I had to wake up every day and, and cold call to find business, I would literally leave the industry. So, but I'm really good at relationships, database, you know, open house, get me in front of people and all day long, love it. So it's really about like sitting down with our teams or our individuals, finding out what their unique abilities are, what gives them energy. And then we just focus on that and not saying that we don't pivot and shift when we need to, but we have a game plan so that when some bright idea out of left field comes, we decide, hey, do we really need to go down this route or do we stick with what's working? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about your leadership style and specifically your aha moment. Like, I think that there are multiple aha moments in any leader's, um, you know, <laughs> journey. Um, but what it, what is one that really sticks out where you really realized, gosh, I need to pivot or I need to change. Maybe you were in another career before this. I don't know. Like, you know, tell me what your kind of aha moment was. 
Yeah, so I actually was. Uh, when I first graduated college, um, I worked for Toyota uh, for a while and did uh, production control, system manager, up to manager, parts procurement, things like that. Uh, so I was always super systematic. Uh, I always had a process for everything. I stuck to that process. I'm not your typical, uh, from a real estate sales side, I'm not your typical personality type that uh, is very outgoing. As a matter of fact, I'm actually, I public speak for basically a living, but I'm really an introvert. Um, so I had that unique perspective. And when I got into real estate in particular, when I stepped into leadership of, of our brokerage, uh, I realized that a lot of the people I were leading, I was leading were not the same personality type as me. They would, they were not as systematic as me. They were more, you know, entrepreneurial than purposeful. Um, so I had to make a shift in to figure out how to get people to operate systematically without feeling like they were being systematic. So just little things like um, holding people accountable to the core of their business, which is lead generation and finding that next buyer and seller. You know, when I first started, it was, OK, we're going to lead generate from nine to 11. You're going to take a break and then you can do this and that. You got to do this, this and this. And instead, I had to figure out how do I motivate people by like diving into what their big why is, what's, what fuels you, what's your purpose? What, what do you, what can this money do for you and your family and remind them of those things and figure out how to motivate people that way. It was, it was probably about three years ago that three to four years ago, I had that shift. And then ever since then is when our numbers really started to ramp up. Okay. And that's interesting. Um, is, is there anything specific you did? Like, is this a one-on-one kind of find your why type of meetings or how, how did you really figure that out? And how did you personalize it to, you know, the brokers or the agents at your firm? Yeah. So uh, kind of a combination of things. We do things like uh, a business planning clinic every single year in October. We dive into the mindset. We always start everything with mindset. Uh, every single, almost, I would say 90% of our classes talk about mindset in the beginning, and then we get into the activity or, or the educational part. Uh, we do things like uh, a class on vision board. So we'll have a night where we come in at, you know, like six o'clock at night, families welcome. And we make vision boards together, including, you know, kids vision boards, significant others vision boards, things like that. Uh, and then it's also group and one-on-one coaching. So uh, group coaching through like our, our productivity coaching program. Uh, but then also I always meet with a, a good majority of our top 20% and provide one-on-one coaching from them. And what I've seen is a lot of our team, we're very team centered uh, in my brokerages, a lot of our teams actually carry that down to their agents. So by me concentrating on the 20%, it actually ends up reaching 60 to 70%. Uh, But I'm also willing to take a meeting with anybody at at any time that fits obviously within my schedule. Uh, So you could be a brand new agent that just started. And if you want to go explore your big why, we'll sit down for 30 minutes. I'll just ask the questions that help you develop that. Okay, that's great. I think that personal touch is so important in a brokerage. Um, it gets harder and harder to scale as you get bigger and bigger, right? Um, and we've, we've gone through we, our lumps in that. You know, we've gotten so <laughs> big that it's like, okay, like this isn't always repeatable. <laughs> you know, yeah. so that that is that's the biggest challenge is how do you and I w- I wish at the beginning we would have set everything up to be a brokerage of two hundred and fifty agents. Because uh, when we broke through the 50 barrier, we broke all of our systems. When we broke to 75, we broke all of our systems. Just recently, we got up over 100, broke all the systems and went backwards a little bit. Uh, now, we, our trajectory is always going forward. But if I could give some advice to anybody who's listening to this, it doesn't matter if you're a brokerage leader or you're a real estate agent, 
build everything to your wildest imagination in terms of the number of units and or agents that you're going to have, because then your systems are going to support it. And you don't have to rebuild. Yeah, that's great advice. Um, and that's something now are you do you sell also? Uh, yes, I do. Yeah, I have, okay. I have a Thank team that sells. I don't actively sell very much. Okay. Short of my best friends or stuff like that, uh, my team mm-hmm. takes care of most of it. Okay. Okay. I knew you, the couple of the things you said made me think that you're still in the sales side yeah. some. So, And I try to stay into in, in I guess, in touch with what's going on just because mm-hmm. I, I don't think if I wasn't, and that's part of the reason I'll, I'll keep, I'll probably always sell is because mm-hmm. I want to keep that tool sharp. You know, I don't believe I can stand in front of you and talk to you about what worked five years ago, because honestly, it's probably not working today. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, so where do you see kind of the most opportunity today for, I'll go with agents, um, especially as it relates to maybe artificial intelligence and, mm-hmm. and some of the different technology out there, um, today. Uh, I'm, I use chat GPT every single day. Uh, I'll be honest. Like, I, I think it is, I will say this, uh, in terms of overall artificial intelligence, probably need to be careful. Uh, with, with where it's going for, or the power that it could have, I should say. But as far as a leverage piece, um, you know, I, I just did a class in my brokerage on teaching agents how to write listing descriptions using, you know, that technology. And I think there's a lot that we can use to, from a communication standpoint, uh, to where it can be a real advantage for us. We've built out business plans inside of them. We built out, uh, video content scripts, things like that. Now, I do tell all of our agents, like, don't read a, don't create a video script and then read it word for word. Use it as an outline to make sure you outline your hook, your body, and then your call to action. But you still need to make it uniquely yours. So um, with that artificial intelligence in particular, I'm a little worried about like copyright and things like that. Uh, But as far as a tool, I think if you're not using it, honestly, you're probably falling behind at this point. Yeah. And I think there are a lot of different applications that, agents aren't really thinking of they're thinking of like the marketing side of it but what about the scheduling side of it and and the machine learning side of your sphere of influence and you know who's likely to transact and you know i mean there are a lot of i'm sure that a lot of these comp- tech companies are already i know some of my got press releases already that they've already built it into their systems but um, yeah, so I think there are a lot of interesting applications. I agree with you, especially as a journalist, it concerns me if I give an assignment out to somebody and they just chat GPT it and, you know, but I, I really don't see that as being a huge issue right now. Um, but yeah, it'll, it'll be really interesting how, how that works. Um, is Keller already like is part of their platform? Are they already doing? I'm sure they're doing some artificial intelligence, but they're, yeah, they're doing some back end testing. It's not available to on the mass scale to the agents at this point. Um, I think that you know, I think where it goes overall, not just in Keller. I mean, just in general, uh, it's really about just being more conversational, right? So I was reading, a, actually reading a newsletter this morning that talked just about this, like Google's now integrated AI into its search instead of saying, uh, you know, the, give me uh, the best Chinese restaurant in, in Owensboro, Kentucky. It can say, you could ask it and say, hey, what provides the best um, chicken and rice in Owensboro, Kentucky? And it, it actually becomes like a two-way conversation so that it's more personalized answered instead of generic. And I think that's 
what the ability is. Because I think the whole our whole industry, we went from one on one relationships and, and belly to belly, so to speak, to mass communication over the last 10 years or so. But now we're seeing a, a seismic shift, especially since the pandemic, where people don't want that one to many communication. They want one on one communication. So the more personalized that you can be, uh, the better off you can be. And I think AI is going to offer some really unique abilities in regards to that. Yeah. Oh, I think that's absolutely super important is that personalized communication. Um, I want to know that the the person who is helping me buy a home or sell my home actually knows who I am, you know, and I'm just not like another person. Um, and, And I think that you can you know, with, with that, you know, artificial intelligence, it will help you do that, especially as you build out a sphere of influence as well, um, and build out your database and you can have AI applications that are, that are learning, you know, your scheduling, you know, what you, when you do your activities and make recommendations best based on that, it'd be really interesting. We Um, actually have one agent that, that has done that already. And he, uh, he started it with, we went through his whole, uh, thing the other day. And it was, uh, ask me 20 questions that you need to know about my real estate business. And he answers all the questions and he says, okay, I'm going to input my top 50 clients that I want to communicate with on a X basis. I think he did monthly, uh, basis to make sure that I continuously earn referrals. And it starts spitting out like, here's who you need to contact. Here's what time you need to contact them. And here's what you need to talk to them about to the point that eventually, and we've been monitoring me and him been working on this for about three weeks. He's really working on it. He's just going over it with me, I should say. But it even got to the point to where it told him, he said, reach out to Jane Doe. She might be ready to sell her house. And it blew my mind because, you know, we've been working on as an industry predictive analytics in regards regards to when people are going to move and the timing and, you know, what are the, what are the indicators of them getting on your website, checking prices, stuff like that. But I've seen some paid stuff, but never anything that was at this scale that was free and available to use that could have the impact that it did. Yeah. I I just, I mean, it's so interesting. And I wonder if it also scours like social media, because those are, that's a way to kind of predict people's path as well, like announcing a new baby or, you know, kids graduating or whatever it, it is. Five, I call it the five D's that you're, you're looking for. It is diamonds, diapers, divorces, uh, degrees, and then uh, downsizing. If you can find any of those five things, then you can find all the business that you want. And it's interesting because like you said, if the mach- machines and computers can go out and mass scale that. So it's not just me or you scrolling through Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok and just scale everything and then identify key activities. Then it tells us who we need to prioritize our communication with. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, So as far as business lessons, tell me what your greatest business lesson learned has been. You can never over communicate. Uh, I think especially as you scale, uh, change is constant. So when you have change and you're a business leader and you're in an industry like ours, that is ever changing. You know, three months from now, we'll be in a different market than we are now. You have to over communicate. And um, really, I think that's my biggest lesson because that's where I failed in the past. There were times that, you know, I got content and was like, OK, I don't I don't really need to give a market update, you know, at every single sales meeting. Uh, and it didn't take long for people to start to be like, hey, we're not delivering the same value that we used to. We need to get back into these things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's very easy to get content. It's the same when the market's 
going gangbusters and, yeah. you know, agents stopped doing their prospecting or stopped doing it as much. And then all of a sudden I felt like the shift just happened suddenly. Um, it was and- the fastest that, that, I mean, I, I've been through some shifts before, but never anything that fast. I mean, I, it, I felt like we were, you know, 110%, you know, selling all the houses you could sell and everybody had as much business as they wanted to have to, I mean, over 50% of our agents didn't do a transaction over a three or four month period when the interest rate first spiked. So it was really interesting to have to pivot and shift and get back to script practice, get back to, you know, the techniques, the listing presentations, the prospecting, things like that. Like you had to flip a switch so fast. And, uh, you know, a lot of people didn't, to be honest. And I think that's why you're, you're going to start to see some fallout inside our industry in terms of agent count. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's already starting. Um, I think NAR already said that their membership is is. I had um, heard they were predicting up to twenty percent just the other day. Somebody told me that. I don't. You might want to fact check it. I don't know, but uh, I, I was surprised by that number. That I thought that mm-hmm. was a little high. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. Um, let's talk about inspiration and motivation. Are there any podcasts you listen to? Books? I see you have a couple books behind you. It looks like. Um, uh, you know, yeah, what I'm do you a. Look for? I'm a John Maxwell certified coach. So um, John Maxwell's kind of what started my leadership journey. I actually got to go and um, he, our region brought him in and got to hear him speak just last week, as a matter of fact. So um, I read everything John Maxwell. I got his newest book uh, on communication just over my shoulder there. Uh, I'm big into anything mindset. Um, so I follow a lot of like uh, mindset uh, and positivity, different podcasts, Um if you were to look on my TikTok, you would see it's all, like every other video is something around mindset. I just truly believe that if you're going to reach your greatest potential, then you have to have that mindset that, that every single day you're going to go out and give 110%. And I also think that, you know, at least speaking for myself, I don't wake up every day wanting to give 100%. There's days I don't want to give any percent, but I got to have that trigger to remind me. So I'm big into affirmations, positivity, gratitude, stuff like that. Uh, I would say of my learning, I try to learn every day of that 75% is probably around mindset, uh, 25% skill. Okay. Um, do you, the two, my two favorite mindset, well, I have a lot of them, but I, so is Jay Shetty's On Purpose. I, I love Jay Shetty. Of, we yeah, were just talking so about him earlier. So good. Yep. And um, I just started listening to Mel Robbins and I really like her a lot too. I haven't listened to her yet, but uh, my wife listens to her all the time and has sent me like five things to listen to. And I've, just, I've, I've had something that I was into. Um, I'll tell you, I got to hear Ed Milet speak the other day in person. Uh, powerful powerful speaker uh definitely uh if you haven't listened to his his podcast of one more uh then it's definitely worth checking that out i haven't and i'm going to he's actually on my list um because he was at a conference that i was at but i wasn't able to go see him so um but i heard everybody just rave about him so he's on my list so i will yeah i mean i had some of my agents that listened to him and uh you know we're at this big it was at keller williams family reunion when he presented and there, there was classes afterwards. I had agents that were so fired up. They went back to their hotel rooms and lead generated for four hours and oh, didn't skip awesome. the classes. And I was like, I don't know if that's good or bad, but hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'm going to get him on the podcast too. Yeah, there you go. He'd be doing. great. Yeah. Um, so, you know, looking at the last five years and, and the growth that you've had over 300% um, of, in transaction side percentage. So, what advice do you have for brokers who are currently kind of looking at scaling and really want to grow? Um, 
you know, what are, what, what's some advice that you have for them? Like one of the things that you already said is build your systems as if you, you know, are going to have 500 agents rather than 100 or whatever yeah. it is. So but. that is definitely build your systems to scale because you'd be amazed at how fast you can grow. Uh, and we actually did a poll uh, inside our, our market center not too long ago. Uh, 76% of all of our transactions came from database. So making sure that you have a really strong database, that you're teaching your database, like the, the, how to use it every day. Like we have database day once a month where we literally come in for four hours. We'll bring vendors in. We give prizes for most contacts added, referrals, things like that. And just gamify your market center and, and make it all about activities. It's not the how who can sell the most units for us. It's who can go out and do the most activities because we know that'll lead to the number of units that we want to sell. Yeah. And it might not always be the same people on the board as the top either. If, you know, cause it gets demotivating, I think a little bit seeing the same name as the, you know, on the top of the board all the time. So yeah, it is. And we'll throw out different things. Like we have a, uh, a home run club. So every month we give awards out for somebody who took a listing, who pinned it and had a closing all in the same month. We just find different ways to, to celebrate our agents. And that's something, you know, talking about lessons, um, something that I've really learned in the last probably nine months, because when when uh, the pandemic was going, the housing market was crazy. You know, we kind of dialed back a lot of stuff because honestly, the agents were just crushing it. I didn't have to do a lot. I had to train a lot, but I didn't have to do a lot in celebrating. And then we slowed down. We started to see that, OK, stuff's getting hard. We got to do things to pick the morale up, to pick the get them back in the mindset and let them know that they're they're all still winners. You're just facing different challenges right now. So figuring out how we can celebrate, how we can gamify the market center. And then most importantly, make sure everybody's in a database and they're working the database. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my final question is just what does the future hold for your firm? Yeah, so uh, we are actually looking to expand into two new territories right now. Uh, we just uh, launched our own title company, uh, and we actually have a mortgage company um, that's going to be launching here actually in the next about 30 days. So uh, we're starting to kind of go down those routes and start to to look at an expansion beyond just you know agent count and beyond just units and, and looking at how we can really internalize the whole real estate process so that our agents and our admin and our clients know that we have a single point of contact that they can handle everything. So uh, we're going to keep training. We're going to keep on the technology and uh, we're going to add a couple of those things in just to, to kind of do some things that honestly, in my, I know it's happened other places, but in my territory, nobody's really done that before. So Matt, thank you so much for joining the Real Trending Podcast. We really um, enjoyed having you on and um, congratulations on being named a game changer and the fantastic growth you've had over the last five years. No, thank you so much for having me. And um, I just want to share and hopefully uh, everybody can take some of this information and go and apply it in their businesses. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to Real Trending. If you haven't already, we'd love it if you'd take a minute to rate the show or leave a comment. And we will see you next week with more news and insights.